0: Hello listeners. Welcome back to Benny on the mic. Before I get started today, I would like to say I appreciate the love and encouragement from my family, my friends after my first segment. I got a chance to talk with a few of my family and friends just to get some feedback. And a lot of them said they felt like they was on the journey with me. You know, that's kind of what I wanted to accomplish um, by telling you guys them stories and telling you the locations and places that I got a chance to explore and stop along the way but they also felt that it was empowering and they wanted to become the better version of themselves going forward. Now, this isn't just for their career, this is also in their personal lives too. Now, that being said, you know, I would love to just jump in it and hope that you guys continue to listen and support me on my journey. So today we're gonna talk about my team, the Washington Redskins here in the nation's capital. Hail to the Redskins. I just want to get some thoughts about this past season, talk about the offseason moves that we should make going forward with certain players on the roster, also guys that we should target in free agency, and who we should pick for the number 15 upcoming slot in the first round of the 2019 draft. So this past season, watching the Redskins well, it had its ups and downs, but they you know, started out a contender at the top of the division at 6-3 the first half of the season heavily relying on the steady run game that was primarily produced by Adrian Peterson and the opportunistic defense being able to get offenses off the field on third downs and turnovers but due to the major injuries to the offensive line receiving core and their quarterbacks in the middle of the season the team did a whole 180 and there weren't many major injuries on defense but there were enough to see that there were problems with communication and coverage and leaks defending the run and you would think that the defense should be able to win games force but when you have to sign guys from the street to come in a couple of days before playing in their first action then it's kind of complicated and it's kind of hard for offense to do what they did in the beginning of the year because now they have to adjust to play calling now they have to adjust to personnel and one thing since I've been in football we have certain pieces that can't be replaced it's hard to move forward from that and that's what kind of happened during this season this year but this past season there was a record breaking of offensive explosions almost every week throughout the NFL with other offenses it just wasn't coming from Washington now that was because of the decimated offensive line now the reason being if you have an offensive line that's decimated the quarterback doesn't have an opportunity to even throw the receivers passes they don't have opportunity to even make reads because they're always constantly getting pressure in their face secondly we had receivers having issues dropping the passes kind of dealing with injuries can't get in and out of their routes it was just a lot going on that they were struggling with and I really you know had a lot of hope for the receiving core because I thought we made some great improvements and some great strides but unfortunately I didn't get a chance to see that this year and lastly We had new quarterbacks under center so to sum all that up it just made the redskins offense very predictable now regardless of the major hits to the offensive line the struggles with the receivers the one positive we still had was adrian peterson he made it work you know he is ap and he ended the season with over a thousand yards And for his age that is an accomplishment a lot of guys don't hit that around his age he's 33 years old and he had seven touchdowns and he averaged 4.2 yards of carry so it seems like AP still had a lot left in the tank and I can only remember the one game against the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football where he actually reeled a 90-yard touchdown with the makeshift line and that just tells me that AP being AP he just was telling these guys listen put a body on a body If I see an opening, I'm going to do what I do best. And that's what he did. And he was off to the races that night. But because of the offensive line and quarterback situation, and because AP was the only weapon that people, you know, feared, defenses started to stack the box, and they forced us to be one-dimensional. Our running game was huge early because it opened up play action which Alex Smith was starting to take sale. Even though Alex Smith wasn't really airing it out, he was doing a great job managing the offense by not turning the ball over and making sure he made the right plays and showing veteran leadership on the field and off the field. Now, before getting hurt, Alex had a decent season. Wasn't turning up like Mahomes or Jared Goff and the others, but he had 2,180 yards, 10 touchdowns, and five interceptions. As I watched Alex, I could see that he was starting to kind of find a groove with some of the plays in the playbook, his receivers, and his running backs. Also, I noticed he had the locker room behind him. When he got hurt during the Texans game, everybody immediately came off the bench, came out there to embrace him, the fans, made sure that they, you know, said their prayers for him. You know, you had guys very emotional because it was a nasty injury no one ever wants that to happen when you come out there on that field but that's what they signed up for and another thing is you know he was the guy that was a leader in the locker room and we have that guy in the leader uh, that leader in the locker room and he's no longer there to keep guys calm it kind of tears your chemistry it kind of messed up a lot of things and that's what happened after the second half of the season now Despite the Redskins placing a lot of guys on injury reserve, which was, I believe it was 25 guys they placed on injury reserve, they still managed to fight their way to a 7-9 record. Now, some may not agree, but I look at the season as still a win. Now, it's the same similar record that we've been around for the last couple of years, and we've dealt with injury bug the last couple of years as well. So nothing has changed. Everything is still neutral everything is still 500 football so that just tells me that we don't have the best coaches but we have coaches who can do their job to the best of their ability with what they have and also it tells me that we don't have enough game changers now we can sit here and say what if the Redskins team was healthy for the whole year would they have maintained their standings in the NFC East and become divisional champs would they have made the playoffs I say yes to both because all we needed this year was four more wins and we would have had a playoff berth. We would have been divisional champs and we would have been sitting pretty in the playoffs with at least one hosted game. I thought this season, the team added great talent, but also experience. And we got experience in positions, you know, the following year that was a concern. And it showed early. So let's just take a quick break. When I return, we'll talk about what the Redskins should do moving forward in this off season for this 2019 upcoming season, and then who should they pick in the, the number 15 slot in the 2019 draft. Be right back. Hey guys, welcome back. So a big question leaving 2018 season was about who's gonna be the starting quarterback of the Watson Redskins. With Alex Smith, nasty injury, there's been rumors he won't be ready for 2019 football season or even play football again. Now, and the reason that this is huge is because we just signed him to a four year deal. Ninety four million dollars, which has 71 million guaranteed to him. Now, even though Alex is hurt, he still gets 31 million of that 71 that is guaranteed over the next two years. Now this is gonna really affect the Redskins' salary cap. So the Redskins have to be smart in finding quality players for the right price in free agency this year. Last year they did a great job of doing that and they found some, some good studs, but unfortunately, because of injury, those guys aren't on the field. But early in the season, we look great on paper. Now I feel that we need a quarterback who you know can fit our scheme, we need to make sure they have playmaking abilities in and outside of the pocket. Also, we need to go out the veteran safety who has a high IQ and can provide leadership as DJ Swearinger did last season. Also, the Redskins need to look at another edge rusher to complement Ryan Kerrigan on the opposite side. Someone who has speed off the edge and who can get around the tackle at a blink of the eye. Now that the season is over, it's time to fill spots. You know an upcoming draft in free agency a couple of people at quarterback that i've looked at and checked out that i think you know the redskins may want to take a chance at uh, one guy is teddy bridgewater some of you all may remember teddy he was the starting quarterback for the uh, minnesota vikings a couple of years ago but he had also suffered an unfortunate injury season-ending injury to his leg in 2016 which lost him his position And it was given to uh, Case Keenum, his starting quarterback, to the Minnesota Vikings the year year after. Now, since leaving for the Vikings, Teddy has picked up. He was picked up by the New York Jets this past season. But also, I saw some glimpse when he was able to play preseason that he still could be the guy. In the middle of the season, Teddy was dealt to the Saints, where he was just the third string. So he didn't play. But I'm pretty sure he got a chance to learn a few things from the future Hall of Famer and Drew Brees. Now that's very viable because he getting the opportunity to sit in a film room with Drew Brees so he gets to understand his mindset, what he sees out there when he's on the field, his, he goes through preparation, how he prepares for games, and how he dictates his play day, day in and day out. So that can be viable. Now. He is a free agent and if the Redskins decided to pick him up to see what he still has left, I hope we can be the right spot for him so we can see that he he can be able to excel and also revamp his career. Another guy that we should look at is Tyrod Taylor. A lot of people aren't high on him, but Tyrod had promise in Cleveland and quickly was benched for the new uh, quarterback phenom, Baker Mayfield. Even though he didn't plan out in Cleveland, Taylor is still a starter, capable of winning games, and he can manage the game as good as Smith. Now in Cleveland, they didn't like how he played because he was too cautious and they wanted to see some excitement and they wanted to just get their money's worth. You know, it's Cleveland, they haven't won him in, in, in years, so it's understood. But at this point, the Redskins don't mind that. We were winning with that kind of play. So Right now, we just need to weigh all our options. You know, if we do choose Tyrod, we need to make sure we get guys around him so he can make plays and we can use his strengths and make sure that we can get to a playoffs. Now, with that being said, the next position that I want to talk about is safety. Now, this year is kind of a fun time um, in free agency because you got guys like Landon Collins, Earl Thomas, Ha Ha Clint Dix, who let go ahead and explore free agency, Glover Quinn, Kirk Coleman, and there's many more I can name. But these are some of the notable names that I recognize. But the first two intrigue me the most. Landon is the guy I think we should target because he plays with a passion and was a captain on the defense. And one thing that you constantly hear about him is that he's always around the ball. The last time the Redskins had a safety who made that type of impact was the late Sean Taylor. Many say that Landon's idol was Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor is my favorite idol as well. And he he has similar things such as instincts, trusting his eyes, and roughing guys around anywhere on the field. And he's improving in his coverage as well. Another guy who intrigued me on the list is Earl Thomas. He's another guy that is very instinctive. He's a fierce competitor. He's a guy that can be a leader in the locker room, leader of the defense. And he knows how to make sure he puts every, he knows everyone's position around him. So that will be good for corners and linebackers. So if they out of place, Earl will make sure that he can cover them and that he got their backs. But we got to be careful with Earl because he's getting up there in age. He's over 30, and he just had a broken leg this year, this past season, which caused him to be out for the rest of the season. And... Rumor is, he's demanding a huge contract, and I don't know if the Redskins want to take that risk on that one position when we have multiple positions we have to fill. Now, as stated earlier, I said, we gotta get the the person for the right price and the best fit. Now, he is a long shot, but at the end of the day, he still is a potential safety that can be a game changer and can be a fit for the Watson Redskins. Because I don't want him going to the Cowboys because uh a lot of people have been talking that he may go to the Cowboys. I don't want him to go there. I don't want him to have to deal with Errol Thomas. Cause that dude he can he get he he gets he can do us in. He will do us in. But I do respect him and a lot of people respect him around the league. So we can't just like cross him out. Moving to our edge rushers. Now, as I said earlier, we need somebody who's gonna compliment Ryan Kerrigan. Ryan Kerrigan has been our most consistent He's been our Iron Man. Regardless if he deals with injury, he's out there giving it 110%. Now, guys that I, you know, pointed out on this list that I have is guys like D Ford. He's one of the guys played with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was very disruptive. They use him in multiple looks. And I think we can do that here in Washington with him. Now, for the right price, I believe he's the more realistic more realistic uh, candidate that we should go for. And then we have Jadavian Clowney. Now, I put him on the list because he's a top pass rusher in the league, and you can't put him past anybody that we can't give him the money that he well deserves. He started out, his you know, his, his couple of years hurt, but since being healthy, he's been a game wrecker. He's been a quarterback's nightmare. And him and J.J. Watts has killed the AFC South and took him by storm. And I think he's that type of player that can be a game wrecker. We can put him in different looks as well, putting him in the ground, putting him in the middle, where the tackles are, where he can use his speed, to get past centers and guards. All types of different th- ways we can use him because he's that athletic. Then we have my, my next three guys. Now, these are guys that no one's really talking about, but I can see some of us potential, in their younger guys. They're young. So, they improve with right coaching, being in the right system, and feeling that they can actually make something happen and make a difference on the ball club. And that's Shaquille Barrett, Shane Ray, and Aaron Lynch. Now, all of these guys that I just named, they have the instinct to be a great pass rusher in this league. But some dealt with injuries. Some are just behind guys like Von Miller and Khalil Mack, like Aaron Lynch and Shaquille Barrett were. And then you have guys who just are ready to revamp their careers and start somewhere new to call home. But we're going to go ahead and take a break real quick. When I get back, we're going to talk about who should the Redskins draft at number 15. And then I'm going to top it off with a nice motivational speech for you guys to go into your work week and have a positive mindset to share with others. Be right back. All right, everybody, I'm back. Let's just jump right to it and finish this thing off. So who should the Redskins draft at 15? I feel the Redskins should address the receiver position at 15. As I said before earlier, the defense just stacked the box because they didn't respect the passing game. Now, this weekend, the NFL combine was on TV on NFL Network. I got an opportunity to see offensive guys, running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, offensive line you name it. And I got also to see the defensive side a little bit today. But one guy in particular that I've been talking about, you know, I've been watching him while he's been in college, up at Ole Miss. And his name is DK Metcalf. And he's already made a name for himself here at this NFL combine this weekend. And he's already been compared to some of the best receivers in the league that we have, such as DeAndre Hopkins, and also one of the best receivers in Julio Jones. Now, when they had him on tape, Fo's like them running their 40s, he's actually faster than Julio Jones. And that's 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 freakish to say. But this guy is huge and he has a statue of a Batman suit. Now I'm pretty sure you guys you know saw Batman and you know the armor that he wears to protect himself from bullets and all that stuff. Decaf looks the same way. He looks the same way. He's built. He's eased up. He's husky. Like, the dude look like he'll eat somebody. But he is a monster. You know, this past season, I got a chance to watch him a little bit. And I noticed a couple of things about him. That he has great speed. That he can eat up yardage on a DB. He can also go deep. And he can track the football. Another quality that he has is run right after the catch. Now, if if I'm looking if as a quarterback, that's something that I want to hear, that a receiver can run after the catch. It makes the quarterback more comfortable to throw him the ball, and he becomes a safety net for the QB at any time and moment that he's in trouble, under pressure, or under distress, but that The quarterback feels safe with throwing him the ball somewhere or somewhere eventually close for him to go and get the ball and make something happen. Because the quarterback believes that he has the confidence to win those one on one battles. Now, with him winning those one on one battles, what that does is it actually starts to move the chains, keep the defense on their toes, also forces the defense to double team them, in which it'll open an opportunity for other guys in the offense to get open. And now you got you a powerhouse and you got you an unstoppable offense. But DK is 6'4, he's 225 pounds. At the combine this brother ran a 4-3 and he jumped 40 and a half vertical now with his size and that freakish athleticism it matches what he produces on the field another reason i i think we should draft him too is because the redskins haven't had too much of good luck drafting receivers first round in the last couple of years i mean we thought josh doxson could be very you know um very get better over the years but we haven't really seen that peak we haven't seen that that high um, high skill that we were looking for when he came out of college now Jameson Crowder you know has been dealing with injury so he's been hindered but when he is on the field he is one of our most reliable players but having a 6'4 225 pound guy with speed like a short receiver like Crowder running 4-3 that's something that is unusual and if the Redskins do, you know, have a chance to draft DK and if that's if he's available, I don't know if he'll be available after, you know, what he did at the combine, people may have a change of heart on where he should be drafted. But if he does make it to 15, the Redskins should pull the trigger on him with no questions asked because we have a playmaker. We haven't had a playmaker in a long time and our offense haven't been explosive. You'll bring back some excitement to the to the stadium you know after the way the season ended with the fans i think the fans need something to cheer for going forward something that they can be like you know what i'm still gonna come to the cause i want to see this guy score i want to see this guy play and i don't care if i'm not really associating myself with celebrating and like looking out for the redskins but i want to be a supportive of dk i want to be a dk fan and that's the kind of guy that I think, you know, Redskins should go after. Now, another thing and another indicator, he wants to be a Redskin because he likes Jay Gruden. And that's very rare. You know, a lot of people don't like Jay Gruden. They scrutinize him about a lot of things. But I tell you what, Jay has that thick skin that all coaches need. But the one thing that showed me that DK is the right guy, you know, this is more than a payday to him. You know, after his star performance, he shed a few tears. And if I'm a GM, if I'm a coach, this is the kind of guy I want to be want in my locker room because it can be contagious and also results to raising other players' um, game as well. So this past week, I was having a conversation with an individual about what they were going through and what they're trying to do with their, not, their lives next. So this individual was telling me about things they wanted to do and achieve And one of the careers they mentioned has been not great for him. The individual has tried numerous times to stick with his profession and it's not producing. So because I love this person, I had to be honest and tell them that I think you should change your profession because I believe you are better than the job and you're selling yourself short. And it wasn't supposed to be personal, but I wanted to push them to challenge Now, challenging your friends and close folks To be better shouldn't be a problem because it shows you are rooting for them to achieve more. But if it is a problem, then what relationship did you all really have? This convo inspired me to talk about right here on my show because I believe many may need to hear this too. So after talking with the individual while driving home, I only came to one conclusion. They are afraid to be in unfamiliar work. Now, I don't know what you all are dealing with. In your lives but based on that it's telling me that it's telling me that i need to tell you guys don't be afraid to fail in something that you may not see as comfortable at first but it's what you are qualified for many celebrities probably would agree that they failed many times starting out but they all had one thing in common and that's people who are mentors friends or family who saw the greatness in them and never quit it in them or their dreams. So that's what I'm doing now, but the individual doesn't want my help. So you would think it's a lost cause for the individual. But what this tells me is that I need to let them learn, but make sure they understand what I was trying to tell them the entire time. You know, what's funny is as we are younger generation, We never listen to those before us, meaning moms, dads, uncles and aunties and grandparents. Now the reason is we think they just be talking, but I find it ironic that what they have to say is the right thing we need to hear at that moment. But until it's too late, what they told us was a waste of knowledge that we can no longer use. To my younger generation and peers, listen to those who want to see you do better, be the better version of yourself that I mentioned earlier, and watch the results at the end when you have finally listened. This week, I want you all to look around in your social circles, personal circles, whatever you kind of circle you have, and think about who's truly supporting you in your dreams and who's always putting you in a negative state. Those who are in a negative state, leave them alone for a while. Because sooner or later, you will be able to evaluate and those who need guidance, as you did before, you'll be able to assist them. And for those that support you, we'd like you to let them know that you are thankful and appreciative that they believe that you are going to be everything that this world has to offer for you. That you're going to achieve what it is that you seek here in life. Thank you all for your listening, and I'll talk to you guys next Sunday. Peace.